0: Good so uh, officially a warm welcome a warm welcome so this month we are looking at advices and queries number ten and we'll begin with our with a sort of grounding movement just to sort of touch in uh, in a physical way with some of the previous advices and queries. Um, so there's that saying, isn't it? I, I Some tribe in Polynesia or somewhere where knowledge is only a rumor until it's felt in the muscles. And I kind of get that. I sort of feel that knowledge is only a rumor until we can sort of feel it in, in our bodies. So with that, if you would like to stand, do stand. Um, I'm kind of hemmed in a little bit with uh, boxes and... Um, chaos, but if um, I balance balance you on the, on the piano, then uh, we can um, have a go at have a go at learning these things in our muscles. Mm. Good. So let's uh, just feel by sensing the sort of balance of yourself on, on your feet maybe you've uh, had a lot of uh, sort of sitting today already and feel good to move so i just invite you just to bring both hands up above so the movement comes above your head as if you're lifting two bubbles and then just letting that chi rain down and and just letting it uh, like you're pressing two beach balls down through water or feeling your water running through your hands. And letting the movement go in time with bring the whole of your life under the ordering of the Spirit of Christ. Perhaps just letting your knees soften a bit, connecting your Soles of your feet to the earth and you might breathe in bring the whole of your life under the ordering of the spirit of Christ bring the whole of your life Under the ordering of the Spirit of Christ. Just letting your muscles really know this, really know it. And just let you continue in your own in your own time, letting the movement ride those words. more in your own time. Bring the whole of your life under the ordering of the Spirit of Christ. Movement again it is a, a Qigong movement. You, you start by rising, raising your hands up, and then bringing your hands, stroking the back of your head around your neck, down the front, and around your ribcage. And then you're going to run your hands. I'm not sure if you can see this movement. I invite you to run your hands down the back of your legs as far as low as you feel comfortable and then up the inside of your legs and then just giving a lovely kind of massage around your um, back and stomach. So the movement again is bring, um, it goes above your head, I just need to move this so it goes above the head. And then you're stroking your hair around the back of your neck, the front of your throat, around your ribs. And then the movement is down the back of your legs,
1: as low as you feel happy to do. It is comfortable listening to your body, up the inside
0: of your legs, and then finishing with a lovely massage around your back. And the words I'm going to suggest we we marry with this movement is cherish that of God. So we're going to, with a big (laughs) movement, cherish that of God within you. So that love may guide you.
1: And then up the inside of your legs and then a lovely
0: massage so cherish that of god within you down the head across the throat around the ribs so that love may grow in you and guide you just
1: let your whole body relax down as you run your hands down the back
0: of your legs, up the inside of your legs, and finishing with a lovely massage around your tummy and the back of your. and the back of you. So, in your own time, cherish that of God within you. So, round that love may grow in you, around the ribs and the back of your legs. And what I'm going to invite you to do, just to finish off with, is some yielding, some movement that feels like yielding. So last month we talked about, in Advice of the Cruise number 9, yielding. Um, all of our outward concerns to God's guidance. So, you might want to just
1: whatever whatever movement seems like yielding. For me, I'm just gonna let gravity gently just let me relax down, and I might just do that ragdoll ragdoll pose where you you know where you cross your arms and just swing and sway a little bit. Yield all the outward concerns and you might just sort of hang there in some movement of yielding and if you're sitting you might just let your body hang down over your thighs
0: and uh, when you feel like you've yielded enough, invite <laughs> you back to ah, good to, uh, sitting position, um, and I come back to. You can see I've just moved house; it's chaos. <laughs> good, good. Good. Welcome. Okay. So, Advices and Queries number 10. I'm just going to read that to start with and and just let it sort of seep in or kind of soak in it like a bath. Come regularly to Meeting for Worship even when you are angry, depressed, tired or spiritually cold. In the silence, ask for and accept the prayerful support of others joined with you in worship. Try to find a spiritual wholeness which encompasses suffering as well as thankfulness and joy. Prayer, springing from a deep place in the heart, may bring healing and unity as nothing else can. Let meeting for worship nourish your whole life so I feel as though this advice and the one last month are really starting to touch into suffering and what we do when we suffer what we can do when we suffer so last month we talked about yielding and relinquishing our need to control um, we discussed how that sort of the near enemy enemy to that might be called, um, you know, surrendering, just giving up, you know. But Richard Raw defines suffering as when we can't control things. Uh, and just think about that for a moment, you know. Suffering is when we can't control things. I invite you to bring to mind a way that you've suffered in the last week. It doesn't have to be a big thing, it can be small. You know, being late for an appointment because the trains are cancelled. I can see how the ways I've suffered in just the last month have been all about loss of control. Loss of health with another bout with COVID, or uh, growing teenagers, um, all the triggers involved in moving house. There's a lot we can't control. You now it's painful. And when we touch the word yield, perhaps we can know something different in the body. I hoped you got a sense of that with the movements we did. It's the Ansaro tribe, that was it. I was trying to listen. remember that Ansaro tribe in Indonesia. Knowledge is only a rumor until it lives in the muscles. Knowledge is only a rumor until it lives in the muscles. So perhaps in some way, when we move and speak our advices and queries, they can start to live in the muscles. And perhaps we can practice just little moments, micro moments of yielding. You know, in a, in our in our days, you know, it's just ah, softening our stomachs at the beginning of a difficult conversation, or relaxing our shoulders when we're waiting at a red light. Just little micro yieldings and it can really support our peace. But I do notice a bit of resistance to this come regularly part. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life where coming regularly was just beyond me. Um, perhaps the children were young and the meeting wasn't doing a children's meeting, or perhaps I was drowning in a divorce calamity, you know. And yet, And yet, regular attending to the heart whether it's in daily prayer or meditation or whatever we want to call it, it is essential for the soul. Last Sunday after a house, this house move and recent COVID, I, I went to meeting and I didn't understand until I was in the process of becoming still just how deeply tired I was. And I was lucky enough to be able to go to sleep afterwards. Um, come regularly to meeting. And I also wonder if we can come to meeting regularly, you know, what happens when we are depressed or angry or grief-stricken? I think this advice is encouraging all of who we are to be in meeting. Like, you know, all of ourselves are welcome. If we're tired, depressed, angry, addicted in some way, grieving. All of it is welcome. And then perhaps there is a, a duet that happens when, when the silence and the friends upholding the silence, they kind of join and there is this container that can hold everything, you know, lovingly and tenderly. And it's so hard to trust it yeah so when we have a meeting and all we find is a kind of numbing silence or an emptiness you know like we've we've picked up the phone to god and there's just no reply you know what then i think in my experience when there is this emptiness or oh, that sense of you know i'm listening god but you're not talking you know one of two things seem to be happening either i'm not really listening i i'm still ruminating about the past or that thing that person said to me or you know or i'm planning in some desperate bargaining mind state is that there's a great story do you do you know um Mulla Nasruddin stories he's a the, the sufi um, the sufi tradition uses Mullah Nasruddin stories to to illustrate things and there's a story of him desperately hunting around the house for his wife's lost gold bracelet and he starts to bargain with God he says God you know if you can just help me find it I'll give half my money to the poor I'll you know dedicate my life to serving you and then he he spots the bracelet behind the cushion never mind God I found it (laughs) we get into that bargaining mind don't we so there is a way we can't really open to God because we haven't really opened up to stillness and we're still in very much caught up in what what our minds are doing we're trying to do that control thing yeah we're not yielding in some sense And the other thing that I notice when there's been emptiness is that sometimes it's more like um I have this image of you know when you weed a patch of ground or you've tilled the soil in your garden and it's a creative space it's just waiting for something to germinate or something to be planted there Um, and it's later on in the week that i feel that i notice something has has germinated something has shifted something has grown um it's like god's replies are not always on instant text it's more like snail mail you know something Something happens later on. Um, So those are, yeah, two ways I've I've sort of found around emptiness. One is more sort of a stagnation, perhaps, and one is more a kind of creative gap, perhaps. So I'll carry on. Let's sort of circle back to got a little bit sidetracked. Uh, try to find a spiritual wholeness which encompasses suffering as well as thankfulness and joy. you know when when I started looking at this um, advice and queries, I just it just blew me away. I got so excited and passionate about ah oh, it just it's such an imp- incredibly important and powerful advice and queries. I kind of get like this with all of them when I start to look at at them. I go, oh, this is amazing. But this bit, right? Try to find a spiritual wholeness which encompasses suffering. And this seems to be so important because humans seem just deeply wired to steer away from suffering, right? And the result of that is to somehow shrink our lives yeah, as more and more of our inner world gets littered with like unexploded minds of grief or sorrow. You know, I can't go near that bit of my life because of that particular unexploded mind. And I can't, and then we get, we shrink. There's uh, that, Carl Jung wrote, you know, embrace your grief. That's where the soul will grow. Embrace your grief. That's where the soul will grow. And I love the image Tara Bruck offers of of the flow of grief, how it kind of carries you along a river, and yet, you know, we often build little enclaves, little tidal pools, and kind of build our build our walls around them, and, and become stagnant, and small, and stuck. And I think that's what I was feeling about. Trying to, I was trying to express that a little bit with the emptiness. When, when meeting for worship is en- empty, it's a kind of, st- and it can be feel stagnant. Um, so, the, yeah, it's this, this bit, in, in uh, find a spiritual wholeness which encompasses suffering, that, that embraces suffering, as, as Carl Jung says. And the other important message in this phrase is to keep opening ourselves to gratitude and joy. And the other very unhelpful tendency of the mind is its negativity bias. And there are very good reasons, I think, evolutionary, why why our brains have developed our negative, negativity bias. Um, as Rick Hansen says, you know, it's the tendency of bad experiences to stick like Velcro and for positive experiences to just whew, slide off us like Teflon. And it's that one of the sayings in Buddhism, whatever we ponder upon, becomes the inclination of the mind. And neuroscience backs this up. So, you know, if we ponder on and soak up thankfulness or joy, apparently the magic number is for 15 seconds, yeah? So that, that's how long it takes for the mind to build these neural networks that, build, that, that support joy and gratitude. So you can imagine that becomes the inclination of the mind. Um, Deb Dana, in her book, Anchored, talks about glimmers, little glimmers in the day, these little moments of light that that lift our soul, uphold us. And as I'm sure I've mentioned before, I have a a gratitude buddy, and we text each other every night with these three glimmers, um, these three gratitudes. I have to say, it's been one of the loveliest spiritual practices I've done just taking those moments at the end of the day to uh, to water those plants of, of gratitude. And prayer, springing from a deep place in the heart, may bring healing and unity as nothing else can. Um, as, as Gregory will know, in a recent children's meeting, I was trying to act out with little wooden characters some some little thing about what meeting for worship is like for our for our young friends. And there was this beautiful um a a beautiful saying, and it was from it was um from this wonderful resource. I don't know if you know it, Quaker Faith and Play. And and there was a repeated fra- refrain in in this, which is deep calls to deep deep calls to deep which is from psalm 42 i think deep calls to deep as though we could center down to a deep place and allow our depths to call to the depths of everyone in the meeting and to in some sense the depths of the divine and 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 press ringing from a deep place deep calls to deep can bring healing and perhaps perhaps when we practice our centering down or in, in any way that you find works for you and it's a little bit like sinking into that deep well and and the next bit let meeting for worship nourish your whole life and perhaps if we have a deep well we can water and nourish our whole life we have access in some way to this nourishment. So I think that's all I wanted to say about about that. Um, so we're going to do a, a meditation I'm gonna offer a, um, a rain meditation which we've done before it's um, with experiment with light, where we allow this um, these dual things of, of, of being open to the suffering and in some way bringing joy and love and compassion to it. There's two things. Um, so we'll treat it as an experiment. If something arises that doesn't work for you, just invite you to come back as always to the body and the breath and whatever anchor feels really, really good for you. So with that, um, I invite you to take an upright, comfortable position, a position in some way that will support you for the next 20 minutes. To lie down or, or stand, um, whatever works. So, we'll start with centering down, and then I'll lead you through the, the rain meditation. So, just taking a slightly deeper breath. And on the out breath, softening. You might notice the top of your head relaxing around the scalp, the brow, all the tiny muscles around the eyes. Softening the muscles around the ears, allowing sounds just to come your way without, it, without needing to reach out for them. Perhaps on the next out breath, softening around the jaw and the throat. If it's available, perhaps just a whisper of a movement on the back of your neck, just tucking your chin in and allowing the back of your neck to open. Softening your shoulders, upper arms, your lower arms, your hands. Perhaps on the next out breath, you could invite your chest, your heart to yield in some way. Perhaps on the next out-breath, you can invite your stomach to soften, to yield, your sit bones, your legs. As we center down, maybe allow your mind to come in some imaginative way to where your center is. And it might be just behind the navel, or perhaps a couple of centimeters in front of the spine. And just see if you can take up residence there. And centering down, you found some deep place inside you, embodied within you. regularly to this place within you. So any point in the meditation if you Sure, what to do, you can just come back to this deep place within, and let it be your refuge, your home base, and your anchor. So now the R of RAIN is recognise and invite you to bring to mind something that is uncomfortable, some form of suffering, Richard Raw talked about that as a loss of control, and something where you, you had no control over this thing. might be something, a small thing or a big thing and maybe you can't think of anything at all and that's fine too. You might just recognize what's going on in your body. It doesn't have to be a high-definition picture of, of, of suffering. It might just be a slight sense of unease about something. And the A of RAIN is to allow it, in some sense, to allow it to be here. To yield to the reality of it, in some sense to be hospitable to it. these few breaths to allow the suffering. Like you're picking up a baby that's crying. the eye of rain is to investigate, but not with the thinking mind. Just be open to a few questions and see what arises, perhaps an image or a word. So investigate what am I believing about this, this aspect of suffering, discomfort. Are there times in my life where I've experienced something similar? I feel it in my body. Are there beliefs about myself or the situation that I should or shouldn't have done this thing, or I should or shouldn't be feeling this way? finally, the N of RAIN is to bring forward that cherishing, that loving part. The N stands for nurture. What does this suffering need? As if we were a loving parent, we could respond to ourselves with friendliness and kindness. Sweetheart, this thing is hard. You're doing all you can. Perhaps there is a prayer that is springing from a deep place in your heart. Deep calling to deep. meditation to a close with a quote from the poet Naomi Nye. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside you, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. Before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside you, You must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. When you're ready friends, gently open your eyes and Offer a virtual handshake to each other. Good. So we haven't got long, we haven't got long, um, for reflections. And so, you know, you may wish to journal, um, afterwards more or draw perhaps if there was a drawing i find i find with rain uh, you know a little poem or a drawing might be the best expression of what comes out of it um but for now um invite us to share any reflections really on uh advice and Queries number 10 how the prepared ministry landed with you, or anything that you would like to share that came up for you in in the rain meditation. Um, bearing in mind that this is we're keeping the recording, and um, you know what what you share will be will be published in the uh, on the podcast. If I manage to do it, <laughs> it's always, always a bit hit and miss. Good, so in your own time.
2: part of our meetings is, is by Zoom, and those people on Zoom do, you might say, chat after meeting, but actually very often talk about what that meeting has meant for them. And it is interesting and helpful. And we were actually considering Advice and Query 10 um, as part of another study group, which I synchronized with this one. And we were thinking about how important it was to attend a meeting. And the extent to which one can be a friend, a Quaker, if you don't attend a meeting. and we, ex- we exchanged what meeting had meant for us. And I think we were sorry that there were people in our meeting. I actually circulate to 62 who might be interested in joining the Zoom. There are often only 12. And there are some who say, they try to still their mind and clear it of the concerns of the shopping, the washing, the cleaning, the jobs that need doing and others who in meeting sense a togetherness, a belonging, an awareness that we are actually a rather special group of people in a curious sort of way because we are almost anarchists. We don't take directions. We don't listen to priests. But we let our minds find what we think is important. And sometimes we share it during meeting. But increasingly we're sharing it in what started off as a rather formal afterward, but now becomes a mixture of Exchanging of ideas. And I think what came out of our last after meeting was how different people's experiences of meeting, how centering down can be different, and yet there is something very special about it. Just a few thoughts.
0: Thank you. wondering if anyone else has cons- um, noticed how um, those two things of being open to suffering and open to thankfulness and joy how our minds don't tend to um, go there unless we cultivate you know kind of in a, a quite a intentional way those things and I, I, I was really struck by the Naomi Nye um, Phrase that you know the deepest, the deepest thing. I sort of we keep coming to that word deep. Deep calls to deep. But um, before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside you, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. Um, I'm just wondering if if that landed with anyone or if.
3: That was quite a a moment of revelation for me because um, um, as a a nurse, I'm constantly looking at other people suffering Mm. and not looking at what's happening to me physically. I'm constantly looking at other people. And um, when you said um, losing control, um, I've been having a battle with my weight since childhood, <laughs> and when it's sort of, uh, it's like I'm not in control, and as I'm a very practical person, I think I just eat less, I just eat less, and then I forget about it, so I'm not um, really in touch with it, I just sort of have a practical solution, and when you said find the centre within you, I suddenly thought, oh yes, i, I I ignore my body <laughs> I just sort of think you're annoying I'm going to ignore you yeah. <laughs> and um, so as a result I'm sort of constantly thinking oh just do this and it will be fine and then ignoring my body really and concentrating on other things and uh, when you said find a sense within I thought oh yes you know it's here <laughs> I've got to sort of be more in touch with what it's telling me mm. rather than sort of trying to ignore it mm. so yes that was, that was actually that was really 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 interesting and helpful for me
0: yeah thank you i i i'm I'm so impressed that you you raised that because I think society western society has done a great job at um Separating mind and body, um, which is kind of, um, I, I don't know, is it the the Plato? Is it Plato who did that thing of separating mind and body that we were at this? But that, that Jesus was supposed to bring that together, right? This embodied sense of the divine, that we feel this embodied feeling in our bodies that, are, yeah, and um, we've kind of. Well, Christianity hasn't, got, hasn't done a good job at, at uh, teaching that. Um, and I think Quakerism, if we're not careful, can be quite a heady experience too. How do we uh, drop down into our bodies to feel that deep place within? That mm. was it. Oh, thank you. Mm.